Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. In this episode, we're going to continue this our conversation around self-identity, self-concept. And this episode is still sponsored by my signature coaching program, The Aligned Self. And yes, it is the same name as the podcast. See, the self-identity, self-concept is at the center of everything that I do. And I believe when you are aligned, when your heart is aligned with your mind and your body, meaning that your emotions or how you feel is aligned with your thinking. And that is all expressed in how in your behavior and your actions. When all that is aligned, you are an expression of congruence. You are powerful, a concentration of power, and you are authentic. And it's in this episode that I'll talk more about the benefits of that congruence. I'm ripping a page right out of the Aligned Self-Coaching Program And I'm sharing with you the core, the foundational core of what creates, what makes a solid self-concept, a resilient self-identity, an unstoppable sense of self. Now, as I've shared in past episodes, you know, our self-concept, our self-identity, for the most part, for most people, is a haphazard construction. It's been adopted along the way, an idea here, a belief there putting it together as you go, on the fly. There's no blueprint. Can you imagine creating a a house, building a house with no blueprint, no plans, just kind of nailing a board up here and nailing a board over there and creating some semblance of a structure, knowing that you need a roof, but you may not necessarily have the pillars or the studs in place in order to support the roof. But that's the nature of being a human being for the most part at least in today's society. It is not a conscious approach. It's a default life. It's what you've accepted along the way based on other people's validations, other people's ideas about who you are. Of course, along the way, you've made some decisions about who you are and what you'll stand for, but by and large, you've not consciously chosen your beliefs. You've not consciously chosen your guiding principles. Consciously chosen your code of conduct, or your mission for the world. You see, these are all the components, the parts that I've identified as being important to a self-concept. In this episode, I'm going, like I said, I'm going to talk about the core, the foundational core, and that is the unifying principles, the guiding principles, what other people call the values. But I'll get to those in just a moment. I just want to reinforce that because self concept is an ambiguous statement, meaning that you can't point to it in space and time. You can't pull it out of your pocket. You can't point to it on the wall. You can't necessarily even define it in simple terms. There is a structure to it, though. And when we get distinct, when we identify the different component parts, then it becomes something that you can manage. Until then, It's just kind of an amorphous, ambiguous idea. You have a story about who you are. You have an idea of who you are, but it's not a conscious decision. And for me, I think that's critical. 
it's been my experience. I've gone through this whole process myself, crafting my self-identity. And, you know, I've always been interested in self-concept. I can remember in the early 90s, I flew to the East Coast. I flew from Michigan to Princeton to sit with a psychologist, a seminal thinker in the area of self-concept, self-identity, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization, being the best you can be, all you can be. And he was talking about guiding principles, about values. And I was thinking I was going to learn something. And it was my intention to learn something. See, I had already identified my unifying principles. I've already defined them, already set them in a hierarchy. You know, I knew for the most part who I was, who I wanted to be. I had decided, I chose it. But while there in the workshop, in the in the seminar, I went through all the exercises. I listened to him intently. I took notes. And there wasn't anything relevatory, but it was very interesting. It was nice to be in the conversation. And I noticed him watching me while I was in the exercises. He watched me walk through the room. He kept watching me. And I almost felt a little self-conscious. He came up to me after one of the exercises where we are identifying the priority list of our, our values, our guiding principles. And he said to me, I have to tell you, in all my years of work, you're one of the most congruent people I have ever met. Well, I have to tell you, that really fed my ego. That made me feel good. But then I had to share, I said, it's only a result of me going through the process of identifying and questioning my values and getting really clear about what they stood for and what they weren't, and then aligning my behavior with those values, those guiding principles. And so his acknowledgement was very affirming for the work that I had created, what I was designing for myself, and to be truthful, I've tweaked it ever since. I've gotten a lot better, a lot more defined, a lot clearer about what the program is and how it can be delivered. Now, I have to admit, even though I was feeling all that, you know, I did all that work at age 27, I I didn't necessarily have it all put together yet. I hadn't addressed the shadow beliefs that were there, the shadow self, which I've discussed in the previous four or five podcast episodes, all about the different shadow beliefs and hidden behaviors that arise out of that. I was still operating out of this need to be validated, external validation. I've since created criteria for myself to where I know whether or not I'm doing well according to my own set of standards. I don't need other people's validations. It's always nice to have. It's always nice to get that feedback because, frankly, if you don't pay attention to that external feedback to a certain degree, you just become a sociopath. Like, you don't care at all what other people think. We're still social animals. We still need to operate in the world with the the herd. But when you allow that external validation to govern your behavior, govern your results, and you change your behavior in order to fit into the herd, fit into your peer group, or fit into other people's expectations, then you are not living your life. That's really the whole thrust of this conversation, that I want the impetus behind my work to lead you to a life that is the story of your self-expression, not somebody else's idea of what your life should be. So with that said, let's get into the core of self-identity. What is the first thing that we do? 
and well, it's one of the first things, but the first major thing we do is we identify your guiding principles, your unifying principles, your values. What do you stand for? What are the highest priorities of life for you? Most people never, ever identify, consciously identify and delineate, distinguish, define their values. They have an idea for the most part, what one or two of them might be, but they've never created a list, never created or put that list in a hierarchy, like the most important to least important. And how you organize a list is critical on how you show up, critical on what you allow into your life. So the values are the attributes, the characteristics on what you consider to be the most important attributes of being a human being. What characteristics, what expression, what's most important to you in this life? And so in the absence of distinguishing that list, in the absence of identifying that list for yourself, of knowing what you stand for, you tend to seek external validation, external approval. You, your behavior tends to be dominated to make up for or to try and negate the shadow belief that you hold, the idea about yourself that I'm not enough or I'm not good enough, I'm not skilled enough, I'm not lovable. Some variation of that is at the helm governing your behavior. So how does one begin to identify their values? What's most important to you? Now, I can ask you to, to list out what you consider to be the most important attributes of being alive, being a human. What makes you or make, what makes a person a good human being. Most people will list something like honesty, integrity, loyalty. But I have to be honest. When I first started out, I didn't really have an idea of what qualities signified a well-lived life. And so I began looking at outside sources. I looked at the Bible. I looked at the code of chivalry. I looked at the law of Bushido, the, the path of the samurai. I also looked at the Boy Scout law for guidance. Now, the Boy Scout law, if you're not familiar with it, it says a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And in addition to the Boy Scout law, I also looked at Ben Franklin's 13 virtues. I was gathering information from all over the place, really just creating a list to select from. And, oh, I almost forgot. I also looked at the 13 principles outlined in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And then there's one more thing I'd like to mention. I actually had a book. See, my, my zodiac sign is Scorpio. And there was a list of positive attributes and negative attributes in this book that I had on Scorpio. And so I took the list of the negative attributes and I created the opposite because, frankly, I didn't want those negative attributes. And so if I was going to be my highest expression, I wanted to create the best expression possible for my zodiac sign. And uh, a couple of those negative attributes would be something like suspicious. So I would be open and trusting. I would be trustworthy. Being trustworthy, I think, is better than being trusting. Another negative attribute is a proclivity to negativity. And I decided that I was going to look at the world through the eyes of possibility. And then one more negative attribute is vengeance. A lot of Scorpios are vengeful. 
And I decided to counteract that. I would be accepting. I would be forgiving. Now, while I can be forgiving, I I did still hang on to the Scorpio attribute that I can forgive, but I do not forget. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I will not be fooled twice. So I want to give you a couple more sources that you can look to to glean or add to your list of characteristics, qualities, values, guiding principles. One is to look at people you respect. They could be celebrities. They could be people from history, people that you admire, even people in your life, you know, people you actually know. You like what they're doing and you might even interview them. What do you value? What's most important? How do you make decisions? And in looking at people you respect, identifying especially people from history, look to autobiographies. Look for docu-series, documentaries. In fact, there's a documentary or docu-series that's uh, airing this weekend on, uh, I think, the History Channel. And it is on Teddy Roosevelt. You see, I am still tweaking. I'm still adding to my list. I'm still reviewing it, processing it, adding to it, fleshing it out, making it even more expansive, bigger, because... I want to change history. I want to make an impact. And I, I have to align myself with that vision. And that means looking at individuals that are making a profound difference in the world, that have made a profound difference in the world. And that brings me to an important point on you making your list, identifying your unifying principles. This list is not set in stone. It is a living document. It's going to be something you add to, embellish, redefine, And I have gotten very definitive on my characteristics, my values. And, you know, I think I might share a couple of my values, my highest priorities of life. And psych, I was going to do that, and then I decided not to. Well, not right yet. I'll do it further further down the road here, further into the episode. So at this point, you have a list. You have a list of possible guiding principles, unifying ideas that uh, values your highest priorities of life. And your list should be extensive at this point. So how do we begin to pare down, condense this massive list of potential qualities or priorities of life, guiding principles? The best way I've found to do it is to get yourself a stack of three by five blank note cards. Go to the local drugstore, go to the local office, you know, supply store, and get yourself some three by five note cards. And then start writing down an attribute per note card. Just write down the ones that appeal most to you at this point. And do so from the context of what you currently value. But also consider the person that you want to be, how you want to express yourself in the world. What values, what attributes would that person consider most important? Now, to end this second part of listing them on the note cards, you should end up with about 10 to 30 attributes, guiding principles, values that you can take a look at, that you can further define. And I would shoot for a minimum of 10 Now, you can get by with five, but with only five, it still leaves a lot of area open to interpretation. So I think 10 is a good round number. And of course, you can have more, but I'm suggesting in the beginning that you don't work on more than 10. So we're going to be identifying. We'll just go to step number three here. 
And that is taking your list of note cards, those, those ideas, those concepts, those unifying principles that you've identified, and begin putting them in order of the most important to the least important. And to do this, it might be helpful to spread the cards out on a large table and just go through and, and try and identify like the most important virtue, the most important, the most important guiding principle. And then once you have a stack of cards, then it becomes easy just to kind of play, you know, shuffle the cards from top to bottom, you know, what is the most important, the least important, and you'll just have to ask yourself. It's going to be a very personal decision for you. There's no right answer. But depending on what's your, your highest guiding principle, that will determine, you know, where you, where you focus your, your attention, where you focus your power. Now, this might be a good time for me to tell you my highest guiding principle in the world, and that is love. Love is what I value above all else. And as I talk about love, I'm going to talk about the fourth step here in this process, and that is to define your guiding principle. Define it in a way where you, it's tangible. Now, love is one of those words that is, uh, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So what is the criteria? How do I define love? I define love as a verb. Love is a verb. Love is a word you live. Love is unconditional or it's something else. Meaning that if it is, if it is conditional in any way, it is not truly love. Love is a way of being. So how I show up in the world is being love. Now, in the beginning, my definition of love was relatively simple. I want it to be simple so it's not confusing, so I know when I'm expressing it and when I'm not. But since that beginning definition, I have added different distinctions, that there's humanitarian love, you know, love for humanity, or agape love. There's also intimate love, with a partner and my family, and then familial love, love that I have expressed through with my friendships. So I have different expressions of love that are a little bit different, but at the heart of it is it's unconditional. It's accepting. Love for me also is at the heart of my spirituality. If I have a religion, it's love. And then the last step in this process is to take a look at your behavior where is your behavior not in alignment with your values? Where are you not congruent with your guiding principles? So in the case of love, I took a look at my behavior and asked myself, where in my life am I not congruent or aligned with love, being love, expressing love? I looked at my friends. I looked at, and I had areas where I was very judgmental of some people in my life. So to be in alignment with love I stop that. If I was to accept them 100%, to love them unconditionally, I could love them just as they are. They need not be otherwise. Now, there are things that they do that I don't like. And to me, there is a distinction between loving someone and liking them. There's behavior that I can't accept, but I love them. I allow people to be their expression. Then it becomes a decision for me whether or not I allow them in my life. I do not try and make them something they are not. I don't wish them to be some other way. 
Now, some of the other values guiding principles that I have, creativity is one. I must be creative in life. I value creativity. I value honor. I value leadership. I value intelligence, personal growth. I used to have trust on there, but I've since changed that to being trustworthy. I am being trustworthy. See, I can control myself. I can't control other people. Now, that idea of being trustworthy didn't really come up until later when I was in a, in a relationship. A relationship brought that out, and I realized, oh, being trustworthy is more important than having trust. Now, what that looks like on the behavior side is that my wife and I have an agreement of being trustworthy. So we know the passwords to both of our phones. We have full access to our emails. There's nothing that's hidden. And, you know, we don't go around snooping. But if we wanted to, we could. And so there's that open air of trustworthiness. Like, I have nothing to hide. So, okay, let me recap where we are so far. Your values, your guiding principles are are the core of your self-identity, the foundation of your self-concept. And how we arrive at that is identifying what is most important to us. What are our highest priorities of life? And I gave a variety of ways to access that information of compiling a list and then we create a hierarchy from most important to least important. And we do that through the the note cards. And then we identify the behaviors which are are not in alignment with our values. Because behaviors that are not in alignment with your guiding principles creates an incongruence. So a flip side to that question is what behaviors, what actions do I need to put in place that support my guiding principles, that actually make it happen. And like I gave the example of trustworthiness, the policy of trustworthiness that I have with my wife is that, you know, neither one of us feels squeamish if the other one picks up their device, you know, looks at their email, accesses their computer, nothing. It's open. If we have conversations with someone of the opposite sex, you know, that are non-business type conversations, just friendly conversations, friendly connections, we mention it. So there's nothing hidden. We take on being trustworthy. This brings us to the point where the real value, where the real horsepower is behind this whole guiding principle idea. When you've identified your guiding principles, your unifying principles, those highest priorities of life, and then you bring your behavior in alignment with your values, with your guiding principles, then you know yourself to be integrous. You have integrity. You have wholeness, a sense of wholeness. And when your behavior is in alignment with what you value most, like you're living on purpose, your self-esteem naturally goes through the roof. See, most people make promises to themselves. They say, I'm going to get up five minutes earlier, a half hour early and work out. And then they don't the next day. And then they say, it's, oh, it's just me. Nobody will know. Well, you know, when you look yourself in the mirror, you know yourself to be a person that does not keep their word, especially to yourself. Like if I make a promise to myself, I won't keep it. Work out? Sure, I'm going to work out tomorrow. I'm going to work out every day next week. A week goes by and not a thing done. And it's those little broken agreements with yourself and others that undermine your self-esteem, the way you regard yourself, because you look in the mirror and you know yourself to be a liar. Contrast that 
with it. Your word is your bond. If you say it, it will happen. So, if you just do this one exercise, identify and delineate and distinguish your guiding principles, your highest priorities of life, and then bring your behavior in alignment with what you value most, then you will create a life that is aligned with what's important to you. You will begin to create a sense of authenticity. Now, there are some other aspects that are part of the Aligned Self, my Aligned Self coaching program, that I've put in because just having the values is not quite enough for a total self-concept. You need some supporting actors, so to speak. So I have identified four principles that I call the commitments, that once those are in place, it helps make everything else work. And number one of the commitments is commitment. And for me, a commitment is a choice. It is choosing to show up in a particular way that you're identifying this is important to me and I'm committing all my resources to making this happen. And so the number one commitment is commitment. Number two is integrity. And it's not moral integrity. It's integrity in the sense of maintaining the whole, a sense of wholeness, maintaining alignment. In living your values, in in living your guiding principles as being important to you is maintaining your sense of integrity, the wholeness of you as a person. Now, a close third to integrity is honor, honoring your word, honoring your agreements, being a person of honor, that your word is your bond. You honor your commitment to your guiding principles and that your behavior is in alignment with your values. Your, when your behavior is in alignment, you're honoring your commitment. And so they're all kind of intertwined. And last on the list is congruence. Congruence is alignment, aligning your heart with your mind and your body. You see, your behavior needs to be congruent with your values, your guiding principles. And if you have behavior that is not in alignment, that is incongruent. It doesn't add up. It doesn't equal. And we are all too familiar with people that are that's incongruent. They say one thing and they do another. They do not walk their talk. Now, in talking about and bringing your attention to the four commitments, I have to say, they are not a natural expression of being human. We are not naturally committed. We don't naturally maintain integrity. We don't naturally honor our word. We're not always congruent, especially if we haven't consciously chosen our beliefs and our values. But in adopting the commitments, then it makes everything else work. It makes your life work, your relationships work. In addition to identifying your guiding principles, what else we do in the Aligned Self process is that we identify your mission. You have a mission for the planet and you have a personal mission for yourself, for your life. And that becomes the umbrella under which all your behavior resides. And then we take a look at your beliefs. Do your beliefs that you currently hold support your guiding principles? What beliefs need to shift? What beliefs need to change? What core beliefs do you currently have? And, you know, I've talked about the shadow beliefs that are there And those are the beliefs we need to shift and change in order to open up possibility to make your your behavior more congruent, to make it easier to be in alignment with your values. And then I came up with the concept of a code of conduct. 
These are the rules that you have in place that allow you to expand and express completely your guiding principles. So a couple examples of my code of conduct, a couple of them I stole from the Boy Scouts. One is be prepared. Two is never leave a place worse off than you found it. Always leave it as good as or better than you found it. And that's not just places, it's people too. Speaking of exchanges with people, I have a commitment, I have a rule that I always expand possibility. When I show up, I want more to be possible. If I have something to say, I want it to expand possibility, expand the energy. I am not going to suck energy from somebody else. I'm not going to suck the air out of the room when I walk in. And then a rule that supports that is to be responsible for my energy, be responsible for my vibe. And then I'll leave you with one more here. There's many, many more, but if I make a time commitment, if I have an appointment with you, I will do whatever it takes to maintain the commitment, to be on time. Or if something happens and I cannot be on time, I will contact you in advance and I'll commit to a new time, make a new agreement. But I'm honoring my word. I'm honoring the agreement. And gone are the days, if the party starts at 8, that I show up at 9 o'clock. If the party starts at 8 and I say I'll be there at 8, I'll be there at 8. So, that's not everything that's in the Aligned Self, but you're starting to get the idea that there is a framework in place that allows you to create a rock-solid self-identity that has multiple dimensions to it, different frames, and it is complete. And what that allows you is a concentration of power. It allows you to be completely self-expressed and authentic. You know yourself to be someone of substance. There's no longer the need to seek outside validation because why? You created yourself. You created the foundations of who you say you're going to be. And as long as you're showing up as who you say you want to be, then there is nothing to quibble about. There's nothing to seek outside validation from or affirmation. It's always nice to have other people notice. But in the end, you get to say who you are and stand firmly in the esteem that you are your word. And then the benefits that arise out of that is that you have richer relationships, more intimate and connected relationships because You have a sense of consistency in who you are and how you're showing up. And then you also demand that. You ask that. You require it from your partner or from the person in the relationship with you. And then another benefit is an increase in income. You're more effective, more productive, more valuable in your contribution, and you get paid accordingly. I've had participants that have gone through the program that have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, 10x their income. Because they are suddenly operating in the world from a whole new level. They've up-leveled their game. They've up-leveled who they are for themselves and the world. I have to say, there is no more exciting thing I do than my Aligned Self-Coaching program. I get a lot of pleasure and value from everything that I do because it's all underneath the context, all underneath the umbrella of making a difference. My mission for the world is that I want each and every person on the planet to have a sense of power, to have access to their personal power and get it to their bones that they create their reality. 
and as such can create a life of joy, happiness, and satisfaction. And it's my wish that once they get that, I just work with one individual at a time, and that there is a ripple effect that goes out to every person on the planet. Every person I I work with touches 100. And before you know it, I'm I'm touching 10,000, 100,000 people based on the people I impact. I get to vicariously live and change the world through people like you. And so I've designed my life that virtually everything that I do aligns underneath my umbrella, is in alignment with my guiding principles. And then every moment of my day is on purpose. Even when I take a break, even when I rest, it is in alignment with my purpose, with my mission for my life and the planet. And because the aligned self program aligns so intimately with my mission, I get to see people literally transform their life that could not be done otherwise had they not gone through this process. I have to say, and I'm probably biased, but it's probably, it is, no, it just is. It's the most powerful program you can put yourself through on the planet, bar none. And I have to admit, it's not for everybody. Everybody will not do this. It takes a certain something to look at your life this way, to put things together. I give you the framework. But there's a certain amount of the work that you need to do on your own. I'll help guide you through it. I'll hold your hand along the way. But it is a life of your creation. But, oh, my gosh. How satisfying. So satisfying. So if you're ready to make an investment in yourself and your future, you're interested in the Aligned Self Coaching Program, go to YesDaniel.com. Just YesDaniel.com. There's a link there. It'll take you to the Aligned Self. Check it out. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure.